Let me just look at these. Keep talking. I just want to see the way the, these needles are moving. Beauty. Psycho. Sniper. Pie. Gangster. Mary. Werewolf in London. <laughs> what do they all have in commons? You tell me. Give me a pop. American. La Chinga. What was your favorite movie that started with uh, American? Uh, American. Could have saved myself from that uh if I just kept going. <laughs> Alright, start us off, girl. Hold on, still running this test. Did you already run all the cameras? Oh, yeah. We're on air. Can't you see the sign? I haven't heard a clap. We haven't done a clap. <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot all day long, buddy. <laughs> All right, pose your question again. American? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but then he finds a piano. Is this funny to you? Beauty. Psycho. Mary. Sniper. Pie. Gangster, Werewolf in London, which was your favorite? I'm thinking American Psycho. Man, What's your thoughts? On American Psycho? What You must have already had one canned up. Um, well, just to talk about American Psycho, I think I really have to give it... Uh, would we have gotten to this point if I said any other movie? Well, I knew you were going to say that. I was anticipating <laughs> this. And I think I have to give that movie another try. Uh, when I watched it, I don't know. I just, I didn't get into it. I think that I went in with like super high expectations because it's almost like uh, how we talked about Blue Velvet. Mm-hmm. You know, people holding such high regard. It almost uh, got moonlit. In a sense, that I was like when I watched it, yeah. You know, not that I think that La La Land was Oscar winner as well. I didn't watch La La Land. Did you see Moonlight? Probably didn't even get that reference. No. Yeah, you know, a lot of great actors did come out of Moonlight, though. I'll say that, like Mahershala Ali, great actor, was great in the Green Book. Can't wait to see him as Blade. Ashton Sanders playing the RZA in the Wu-Tang series. Uh, a lot of talent in that movie. But it just, you know, like American Psycho is what I'm saying. I didn't think that it was all worth all the hype kind of thing. But American Mary is interesting as well. I really enjoyed. And that was one of the It was a little gruesome that, though. But it was one of those Which movies. is weird to say after yeah. American Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a different type of gruesome, more realistic. Yeah. 
more like, uh, you know, when I, it's one of those movies that I love to show people to really yeah. test their comfort levels. Like I was always showing people Itchy the Killer because that's an uncomfortable watch. Right, yeah. But I loved American Gangster as well. With Denzel? Yeah. And also Josh Brolin and Russell Crowe. Yeah. That's one that I've watched quite a few times. I saw it one time. Yeah. It was pretty good. I did like it. It was like a two, two hour, a little over two. Yeah. Yeah. A lot was jam-packed into that two hours as well. Mm-hmm. Um, American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. I watched when I was like four years old for the first time. And Wes is older than me by four years and we were watching it and there was like uh at the perfect time a dog bark outside or like a dog howl and Wes had, was like we got to turn this off i can't watch this anymore Wes? yeah oh man and i was down for the ride <laughs> i liked it a lot yeah obviously the transformation and who said bastard <laughs> sorry sorry i can understand how you can feel yeah, that way these pretzels are making me thirsty but they did a lot of uh things that were replicated after this movie like the dream sequences and like the double dream sequences oh you saw that in a lot of horror films after yeah werewolf in london speak of the worst trend eh Probably the only one of these films that got any Oscar uh, love was American Beauty. Yeah, with he who cannot be named. But that's a great film. Yeah, terrific. Also has a little bit of cringe to it. No, where? (laughs) That's a really strange thing to say about that. You see any good... uh, animations from 1981 yeah i've seen heavy metal i think did you ever see fox and the hound do i look like i've ever been a kid (laughs) i think that is probably the best disney film stiff competition in what year did you say 81 my my and a, uh, another little diamond in the rough of 81 is the animated feature American Pop. What's that? Some kind of soda? Did you ever see that before? I'm more of like a Pepsi man myself. Oh, what about graffiti? Never got into graffiti. I never watched it, so I couldn't say it. I know. And that's a shame. That if there's any... Uh, is it George Lucas... I think that's George Lucas is one of his first films. Oh yeah. So if I ever plan to delve into any of his work, I think I'll probably start there. Start at the roots. Yeah. Any lightsabers in American Graffiti? I don't know. I've only seen the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they wouldn't want to show something important like that. Speaking of heavy metal. This was the first movie that we watched that came with previews. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> oh. I do you remember did you write down what they were? I got a couple. 
I, heavy I, metal being one of the I two. know a couple of them felt like things we might have talked about. We talked about Spice Girls already? Yeah, man. That one shot for the video, I think, was for that movie, right? Yeah. One of the greatest achievements in musical um, video history. I remember watching Spice World as a kid. I was into it. Yeah, I saw it like two years later on TBS. <laughs> I probably had it on VHS. Hold on. Before we glaze it over too hard, what's your favorite Spice Girls song? Hit me with it. Tell me now. Got to be that one. <laughs> you know, that Wanna one. Wanna be? Yeah, that's it. No. I like Viva Forever. I'm a Viva Forever man myself. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> it's pretty bright in here, is it? <laughs> Rockstar little Petey here. <laughs> little cosplay. What do you think? <laughs> What, what we, you come dressed as? What do you want to start at the end? <laughs> Gonna reverse engineer this episode? Is yeah. this the outro? Yeah, this is the future, baby. God damn. You know, I think a lot of people that watch movies from the eighties and nineties can appreciate a good intro. And this had a pretty good intro. What about the guy who made it, Ralph Bakshi? Can we talk about him for a second here? All right. Give it, give us a, a good intro. See, see where this intro came from. Yeah. I think I appreciate good good intros because we're so bad at them. Yeah, you said on Evil Dead that um, you had as your cover photo the girl from the twenty thirteen movie. Yeah. Well, our um, Crumb, who you ever hear of Fritz the Cat? No. My cover photo on Facebook is, oh, yeah, is Fritz I've... the No Good, yeah. which is an R. Crumb thing. And Fritz the Cat, which was like what Ralph Bakshi did actually in like 72 or something. It's like an X-rated cartoon. Oh, yeah. Um, I think I used to see it maybe on Bravo as a kid. It's one of those places that would play the real risque stuff. Yeah. But our crumb, his art. You want me to wait it out? Yeah. We'll be able to guess a volume. Oh, well, it's just over 700 mil. Whoa. That was nearly a liter. So, what were you saying about Rough Bashki? <laughs> Rough Patchkey. <laughs> Rasputin. <laughs> he, um, the thing that kind of rose in the popularity, I think, was back in 72, he did a cartoon based on these R. Crumb characters, Fritz the Cat. Okay. And on my Facebook, my cover photo has been Fritz the Cat. Fritz the No Good, it says. And he's like a bum sitting on a curb. Okay. But in the movie, he's, fuck, I forget his profession, but he gets, he like wears a suit kind of, and he's going all through New York in the 60s and is highly regarded as being uh, 
what it was like living in New York in the 60s, even though it has full frontal cat. Shit got weird. Bestiality, Morgan, really? Yeah, I guess so. I don't... But I showed you this um, Cheap Thrills, uh, this album cover Ooh. for Power Company. Uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company, this uh, R. Crumb comic here, was in a book that I used to read all the time as a kid. It was just filled with album covers and stuff. Okay. And uh, I was just obsessed with that Cheap Thrills thing. I thought it was a, a comic, actually. And it's pretty, it's pretty risque stuff, but Janis Joplin sings on it. And she sings Summertime in the movie later yeah. on. Whoa, 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 spoiler. Yeah, but the music is all over the place. <laughs> but I, I wanted to tie it more into this artwork yeah. that I've been seeing forever. And this connection I have with Fritz the Cat. Is that what we're doing? Trying to steal each other's notes now? <laughs> you can bring it up later. Yeah. But I just wanted to say that... Uh, I used to stare at this thing, and I thought it was actually a comic. I didn't register it as being an album cover, even though it was in this book filled with album covers. But there's a bunch of other stuff in there. Yeah, you thought it was like in comic books how halfway through it has an ad? Yeah. You're just expecting this to be an ad for a comic in a book of yeah. album covers? Yeah, I thought it was just things at the time. I wonder if it comes with a comic. You know, if you buy the album, you know how... Albums kind of had some extra stuff in there sometimes. Oh, definitely in the liner notes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Achievers letters. Mm-hmm. Um, so an interesting thing about American Pop that they show right off the bat is documentary footage. Yeah. That they sprinkle in every now and then. Mm-hmm. I found that very interesting. Yeah. It sets it apart from a, some traditional animations. Mm-hmm. And when they talk about the way that, because it's done in this rotoscope art style, Mm. some of the footage, because this all, I think, started, because some of his other works are more cartoony. But there was a point where I don't think he could get enough money to keep going with something. So he started drawing over war footage. And then sometimes due to time constriction or whatever, you would have to just like desaturate an image to try and make it look cartoony. Okay. Which you see even in American Pop, some yeah. of those things. Yeah, I can see that this movie definitely paved the way for Scanner Darkly and Waking Life. How's that? Uh, just like with the rotoscoping and, you know, I've before Scanner Darkly, I think that's the first time I've ever seen that really done to that effect. And considering this was probably like 20 years before, it was pretty amazing, some of the shots, like how realistic they were. Yeah, it was done, they had almost like a green screen type thing. Yeah. Where they'd have the actors acting it out. And then they had painted backdrops, basically. Yeah, they sprinkled in that documentary footage. Mm -hmm. And... Also, there's shots 
where I think he's on a bus and he's driving through the city and it's live action B-roll out the window. So there's a lot of liberties that were taken in 81 that haven't been put into like, you know, the ones that I just <laughs> said, Scanner Darkly and Waking Life, even though Waking Life took a lot of liberties with their animation. Yeah, he's pretty good, though, at not cheating too hard yeah. doing it. Yeah. Like, it was still a ton of work. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah, I still meant to show you that YouTube thing, but where it shows <laughs> he's got these, like, giant pile, and he's like, yeah, that took them about four months for one guy to do that. And, uh, how long would that translate onto the screen? Yeah, exactly. Well, you're like, oh, 15 seconds. Yeah. You really get a taste of that when you watch uh, Del Toro's Pinocchio. Yeah. And then you watch the little documentary. I wasn't. All the work that they did, and they're using green screens as well as stop animation. And it's just so elevated, man. Like the caliber that they're doing stop animation now is amazing. When you ask me, I think if I watch that, because mm. <laughs> you never know how people are going to react to like the new Lion King, whatever, Dumbo. Yeah. And with that, I think you asked me offhandedly. And I was like, no, I didn't see it. And I almost didn't know if you were being sarcastic, how enthusiastic you were about it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I loved it. But I did see, because it's on Netflix or something, right? Yeah. And it has in the description, it took 40 animators X amount of time oh, yeah. to make this thing. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work, eh? Stop motion. And I just love that behind the scenes documentary style anyways to really see the inner workings of how they did it and once you watch the documentary you're you know you're like fuck i gotta watch the movie again because you appreciate it that much more where'd you watch the doc they're both on netflix oh really yeah oh i just saw the pinocchio in its own thing yeah. i should have clicked on it right it'd probably be in there yeah all right one other thing i was just gonna say about bakshi here is he was doing that style for quite some time. He made a Lord of the Rings cartoon movie very much I've the same. I've seen it. Yeah, that's him. He okay. made Cool World. Later on. Later on, mm -hmm. yeah. He made... Um, I was going to bring that up because... That and... Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that's that would be another contemporary in this dude, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it always makes for a great uh, watch. I really enjoyed American Pop. I actually watched it for the first time at the height of COVID when during lockdown on a uh, like a video. What would you call it? Like a, I think it's like Netflix party or something like that, where you can watch it online with people. Yeah. And was doing that pretty heavy with Wes, and he's actually the one that brought up American Pop. And. Yeah, I think it stands, like, where do you think on the scale of Perfect Blue? And I can't even, you didn't even see Perfect Blue. Fuck, I meant to watch it, so next time it came up, 
I could say what I thought briefly. Why, Next time. What are, why are they going to watch the movie if you won't watch the movie? <laughs> Not a great sell. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Documentary footage. We're in Russia. Yeah. The Sando brothers come flying in. Yeah. Czars getting thrown around, that word. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, you get a character's name. Zalmi. Zalmi, yeah. Um, Belinsky. Zalmi Belinsky. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing Son I of just, a preacher, man. I just wanted to see if you noticed one thing. Because when I was re-watching it during that... Because uh, besides the live-action footage, there's these rough sketches and stuff like that thrown into that footage. And there's like a orchestral free bird. Kind of at the beginning. Did you notice that no. the music sounded like well, Freebird? Yeah. No. This was before I really started. There is yeah. lots of eye candy. There is like sketches of McDonald's's. It wasn't popular oh, yeah. gas stations. Oh yeah, of course. We're talking about the intro. Yeah. I thought I brought this up like half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because the intro is really setting up it's a snapshot really, of life you can watch the intro and it tells a tale of what this movie's really about mm-hmm. is yeah the adult the um development of america mm-hmm. and how it was you know developed a lot by the immigration and all the people coming over yeah and you know it's all about the american dream and generational gaps you know what i mean following through you know a whole family tree at a quick pace you know is another feat that you don't see done very often in cinema let alone in the animation unless you're fucking richard linklater yeah but even you know scanner darkly goes on a couple days and you know waking life's just like an acid trip of a documentary really i was thinking of boyhood uh that's not animation oh yes (laughs) fuck the real world no but that was valid that was valid i didn't pick up on that (laughs) subtle eh yeah you're dazed and confused on that shit yeah (laughs) so yeah like i said Great intro, really gets you into uh, the atmosphere, mm-hmm. and goes into the documentary footage. Yeah, and right into the Sando brothers flying in. Yeah, Paul Graham. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, commotion. Jakov. You see him in the school. Yeah, Jakov. Jakov. That name did not age well. <laughs> but uh, Jakov, the Rabbi father had to go down with the ship. He wasn't leaving the church. Fuck. Gotta flee anyway. City's on fire. Yeah. They come on to America. Mm Mm-hmm. And it goes right to... What? A lady in a red dress? You see a lady in a red dress? 
Yeah, she's singing this song. I don't care. I don't care. Those red dresses. That's yeah. really an <clears throat> ongoing thing yeah. in season two. Yeah, she gets her solo shot. And then Lou's there. Mover and a shaker. That Lou guy. Yeah. Weasels the kid in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Penny. Uh, he's not going to hear no evil, see no evil. You want to make a penny? <laughs> yeah, penny. Yeah. Big bucks back then. So for that penny, he wants him to go and... Uh, what, hustle around. The, pamphlet dies. Pamphlet, yeah. Kind of like the... Uh, what would you call it? You know, you read this and it tells you all the acts that are going to be playing tonight. Yeah, he was excited about him. Yeah. But, you know, you got to show him what to do. So Lou goes out and works the table. Mm-hmm. And then Zelmi gets out there and, you know, he's a natural. He's a genius. Nails it. Yeah, nails it. <laughs> and, you know, now without father figure, seems to go astray. And, you know, you can see where this is kind of going with this Lou character and Zelmi. Yeah. But when they come out of the place... He's, he was trying to get his penny, <laughs> and Lou starts giving him guff. Like, ah, I drove him around in the car, gave uh, oh. him some apple cider. Hmm. What do I Trust give me, him I've been for? in Cadillac thousands of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. And then uh, the other guy, the other little gangster there, says, no, give him the penny. Remember what he, he does with that penny? Sticks it straight up his... Turns that son of a bitch sideways. <laughs> shines it up real nice. Yeah. I'm quoting The Rock here. I guess so. He goes up and buys a nanner. This is before Joe actually had a fruit store. Just had a little stand and a monkey. Oh, yeah. He's got those nanas. Joe's. Yeah. yeah. Firm. White on the inside. Yeah. And, so he... uh,. And what's he do with the banana? He gives it to um, the, the mongoloid from Batman Returns. The guy. Rude. That's what, he, that's what you call his mother? Does he give it to uh, the... Or did he get it from the guy oh, with the, the monkey? Penny. The penny. Oh, the penny. He gives the penny to the monkey. Yeah. Does he? Yeah. He's the He's the... You know, they didn't have cash registers back then. They had monkeys. <laughs> yeah. Well, they Gave had really little pockets. Mm -hmm. Nickels in the left, dimes in the right, pennies up front. Millions of years they've had this kind of interaction. Animals, pterodactyls. Yeah. Um, oh, this is, this is a crazy segue. Because my grandfather actually used to sell cash registers for NCR, National Cash Register. Nice. But he told me... Yeah, when the banana boats started coming in back in the day in Yarmouth. At a speed Like pretty much after the Prohibition era. It was a big thing going down south. You know, these guys were already going down to the Caribbean. So instead of some rum, they'd bring it back bananas. Yeah. And there was one point in time when he was a kid that was like everyone in Yarmouth was walking around with a banana. Nice. Yeah, you know, the bananas were just coming in. 
and everyone in Yarmouth was walking. Everyone in downtown Yarmouth just had a banana in their hand walking around. Yeah. So that's a fun visual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean put ass. I meant potassium is what I was trying to say. Oh. No, you weren't. So he brings that banana back to mom's. Yeah. And she weeps at the generosity of her child. Who wouldn't? But this kid needs guidance. From who? From Lou. Lou. He's a great guy. He's getting trashed, getting smashed. Deeper and deeper into the behind the scenes of the show business. And we're only like, what year is this? This is, yeah. This is like World War One. Yeah. So like, nineteen eighteen, we'll say. Yeah. Is when World War One ended. Yeah. What? So, when? Nineteen eighteen. Pretty sure. Mm, and yeah, then uh, prohibition started right after it. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll say 1918. He's getting into the show business, lots of girls around. You know, he thinks maybe I can be a singer. He's trying to move into the move into the big leagues. This fuck. What? I forgot a whole fucking part. What? I forgot a bit. Am I forgetting <laughs> something? Wait, you didn't write down your cues? Hmm. You're not writing down your... What are you writing down? No. You're writing down cues, right? No, I fucked up. Peas? What are these? Yeah. Peas? Yeah, so... so uh, Where'd you learn to make peas? Zalmi... Yeah. Zalmi and his family had to all immigrate to America. You know, minus, minus Cousin Carlos. He stayed over there. You know, they spent... Frank's cousin? Zelmi and him spent every day together until they were four years old. You know, that, you know that's why Zelmi can't vote. He'll never be able to be president. But at least he had a pony. No, that's why he won't vote. If they don't want him, he doesn't want them. <laughs> don't bring me down. <laughs> why would they come here if they had ponies? Yeah, no, if I had a pony, I'd stay put. Sister had pony. Cousin had pony. What's wrong with that? Is that Cousin Carlos? No, Cousin Carlos is the one that uh, Elena has in a picture. These are two family trees intersecting. We're just talking about one family tree tonight. Yeah, no, you're talking about Jerry's. I'm talking about George's. And we're, we're not supposed talking, to be talking about, about Belinsky's. Belinsky. Were they always Belinsky? I know Benny was a Belinsky, but yeah. was the rest of them Belinsky's? They were Belinsky's. Excellent. Zalmi was a Belinsky. And his father Jakov, before him. Jakov was Belinsky. Of course. Everyone Belinsky. Yeah, we got through the pennies, bananas, and Yarmouth. So this kid needs guidance. Is he singing during the... Yeah, this kid's family's already been pretty hurt by fire. Yeah. 
And it's crazy that in the same circumstance. Strikes again. Strikes again. Takes his mom. Yeah. Left with just John Favreau and <sighs> beat me the Statue it. of Liberty. Lady Liberty. John Helping Favreau. Him mourn. <laughs> you stole my move. A little pinch at the end. <laughs> no, knuckle. Uh, Counterclockwise. Swirl. All right. Speaking of puberty. Now he has no one but Lou. Yeah. So Lou really takes him under his wing. Yeah. And he's he's working him, putting him on stage. Mm-hmm. They're worried about him growing up too quick. Yeah. He was you know, actually, he was four feet last month, and now he's four two and a you half. Think, you think he's heightening? Yeah. He, well, I'm going to have to. This kid shot up two inches. <laughs> Any higher than that, then I'm going to need to go back to that paralegal crap. <laughs> I offered him cigarettes now that his parents aren't around. Yeah, but, you know, as he gets older, it doesn't, uh, it's not what it all cracks up to be. Ends up being a horse's ass. Yeah. Well, the horse told him how to make peas. How do you make peas? I don't know. That was from that scene, though. I think we had all the stuff with the cues. What do you You're drawing cues, what right? Do you think that's You're writing a... cues, right? What do you think that's alphabet soup back there? <laughs> so, he's exposed to mustard gas. You know, so he's working a bit as a horse's ass. Oops. Yeah. There's only one more thing that could be embarrassing than that. There's only one way to put uh, sardines in that shit sandwich. Then I'm get shot by a fighter jet in the neck. Career ruined. Yeah. They're worried about his voice getting a little scratchy. What an inopportune spot to hit. This guy instantly is uh, clown material. Yeah. What else can you do? Go after the girl. Yeah. Clowns can still get down. Yeah. You meet Bella. Yeah. Thought he comes that... from a great line of quitters. Yeah. I'm a great quitter. He thought that, uh, you know... This flapper would probably be a good mother to my children. Mm-hmm. So it takes a liking to her. Flapper. Deep cut. That's what they called them back then. Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, still working the crowd as a uh, three-humped camel. And, you know, the guy that kind of owns the joint, Nikki. they don't have a fat Tony. They got a fat Nikki in this. <laughs> kind of saying so what are you gonna do with her <laughs> and he says uh you gonna get married and uh he's kind of hesitant about it but then suntan there no wonder he's the hothead comes in and says you gonna you want the kid or you want the woman fixed yes we want the kid then get married you know so he's kind of forced into wedlock I'm sure he would have anyways, but, you know, there's a little bit of pressure put on him. Yeah. Yeah. 
so then, yeah, all that, oh, you fucking beat me to it, I was going to say, yeah, you didn't want uh, Tommy to be a, or no, fuck, what's his name? Benny. Yeah. Benny to take, be a bastard. Take, take a sip. Hi, you beat me to it. What I was going to say is they didn't want Benny to be a bastard. Little bastard. And uh, Benny's kind of a, a little bit of an Elton John. Yeah. See him tapping away, just watching his mom play. Yeah. You know, the, you know I feel like we're going fast. Rocket man. We're going fast, Todd, in this movie. But it's the exact same pacing in the movie. Like, things are happening. Kids, married, death, kids, married, death, kids, <laughs> married. It's a, uh, it's an ongoing thing with this family. But yeah, we basically, we've lost touch with Zalmi for a bit now. He's getting older. We're following Benny. Yeah. He's in a all-black jazz band. Which, uh, you know, Zalmi doesn't like too too much. Different times. Different times, for sure. And, you know, at this point, there's a very subtle scene talking in the... Uh, How subtle, brother? ...back of a car where, you know, they're talking about the liquor. So you know that this is the first time that you know that Lou's really into something. When he's talking about, yeah, they need their liquor at the, at the show. What you thought it was all about the music? Mm-hmm. So it's prohibition times. They're Some breaking. of it is business. It's not all show. Yeah. So you know that uh, fat Nicky there. Yeah, he's actually a don. And uh, when they're sitting there, and th- this was actually a really cool spot when. Uh, they're down there, and Nikki's eating pasta. And how, like, perfectly timed the noodles are getting, like, slurped into his face and stuff like that. Yeah. You could almost tell that it was rotoscoped at that point. Like, it just looks so real for animation. Mm-hmm. And that's when you see Benny as a kid tapping away. They think he's deaf. Oh, he can hear. Yeah. No, but that garbone talks. <laughs> so uh, Zelmi is kind of putting the pressure on him. You know, you got a wife and a kid of your own. You got to get married. You know, the same pressure that he got. This is how it worked back in the day. Yeah. So what did he do? He said, no, I'm, I'm going to war. I'm getting out. That was kind of his way out. He actually marries Nikki's daughter and has a kid with her. And that's something that I didn't pick up the first time, that it was Nikki's daughter. For some reason, I actually, after the first time I watched it, I thought that Bella was his daughter, that Zalmi was with. Oh, yeah. Because he, he was around, but he's just he just owned the joint that uh, Bella worked at. And you could see that they were getting bigger and bigger through the Prohibition era. Yeah. 
And Some great ma- mafioso characters yeah. up in this. Suntan. <laughs> He's a scary dude. <laughs> but while they were uh, sitting there watching the mother perform, you know, a couple uh, Tommy guns come running in. The Chicago typewriters make yeah. an appearance. Yeah, shoot up the joint. Yeah. Luckily, uh, you weren't really expecting a gangland shooting so early in this movie, were you? No, not at all. You know, luckily, uh, Benny and the Jets were uh, all safe. Yeah. So then this enough. goes into the classic barbershop shooting scene. Yeah. Which, you know, just the way that they shot it, it was almost like. I feel like they rotoscoped it over a movie that I've seen or something because it just it was so reminiscent of something that I've already just how he gets shot in the back as he as he tries to get out of the chair in time mm-hmm. that could very well be yeah. sometimes he would do that take some footage from something else and it's like yeah. rotoscope it anew yeah exactly he did that a bunch for that Lord of the Rings one yeah so maybe he did that'd be an interesting took a Scorsese film it was just like let me let me use some of this. Right now. Then it goes into a montage of all these shootings and drive bys and all this stuff to happy old ragtime music. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty funny choice of score. Yeah. Some um Scott Joplin. A couple of rags. Yeah. 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 And then do you remember What's in the box? Uh, harmonica. What's in the box? They're all sitting back, watching some TV. Bella goes to answer the door. Oh, you mean the explosion that kills everyone? Yeah. Or just her. Just her. Pretzels. <laughs> this box is pretzels. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a sad moment. Yeah. yeah, this family tree had experienced so much hardship. I was just hoping it would be uphill from there. Yeah. But then he went to war. Yeah. Luckily, he saw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and actually, you know, another connection I have of my family tree is my grandfather's brother. So, like, my great uncle Frank knew a guy who went to war. Uh, was kind of getting onto the ships with the the rum running and whatnot. Oh, gonna and have the uh, Canada FBI coming after. He didn't want any part of it, or just wanted to at least, you know, pave his own way, Allegedly. which I think that Benny was trying to do. So he was actually uh, enlisting to the war without letting his parents know. And then he'd go to his little brother, who's my grandfather, and say, go check the mail. If there's anything for me, bring it right to me. Don't let the parents know. Oh, that's some secrecy right there. Yeah. So was it... An attempt to get away, 
Or was it an attempt to, you know, just pave your own way? I'm not quite sure. Options but, are limited back then, buddy. But it's interesting because in my notes I had that he was uh, drafted. But he didn't get drafted. He wasn't sent to war. He actually enlisted. He took the time to go and try to get into the war. Did you track down who wrote that note? Was it someone who didn't see the damn thing? It was Phyllis. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. You know what they say about those left-handed people. Mano Sinestra. Through the uh, the war. World War Two. Well... You walk around for a bit, and then you play harmonica. This is the first time you see the harmonica. And he sucks at it. I don't know. I didn't know this previously, but harmonica is a lot different than a piano. Well, it's like playing a piano with your tongue, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, harmonica. (laughs) go on so he's got the no piano blues playing their harmonica and then he finds a piano well Benny this is literally what you signed up for (laughs) stop pissy pantsing around can't play (laughs) harmonica yeah go save our country would you yeah so he's wandering around and he finds a piano and he starts jamming out, getting his fix. His family tree's half burnt already. Yeah. It's terrible. Actually, Benny's the only one who doesn't have a fiery fate. But tragic nonetheless. Tell us. Tell us what happened. So he's just there. He's rocking out to one of the tunes he likes to play. To warm up on piano when suddenly a German creeps upon him, kind of notices, starts playing a tune that's more to his liking. What did he pull up? His Pez dispenser. And yeah, takes Benny out. Our second protagonist to drop out of the pick. Well, actually, Phil's Benny Fulopez. Beware the Ides of March. And then you see the white eyes of young Tony. Hey, don't eh? <laughs> Sitting there with Grandpappy, Fat Nicky. That's what they call him on the streets, Grandpappy Fat Nicky. Yeah. Is that Zalmi on the TV? Zalmi's on the TV. His other grandfather. Yeah. Snitching or something? His father's father. Yeah. And this was actually probably my one of my only notes. That is actually some like interesting dialogue. I got a couple quotables. Oh, yeah. But interesting dialogue about, uh, you know. They're trying to get Tony away. The mom's trying to get Tony away from the TV. He goes, no. He has to watch this. He has to see how a man talks. So, like, you know, this is one of those things. Let's see. Yeah. 
and it kind of backfires because Zalmi starts saying how, you know, the mafia did everything for him, but now he's down and out and he doesn't hear from them at all. Yeah. And Nikki's starting to stress out him and, you know, suntan's getting pretty hot. All he wanted to do was sing. Yeah. And Tony hears that, you know, and he doesn't take it as, he doesn't know the double entendre about snitching, yeah. singing. But you can see that he takes note, oh, okay, so he always wanted to sing. <laughs> that was enough. Yeah. And uh, Tony also gets into the show business a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, and he starts out just deeply offended by people's tastes. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. No, he's uh, first time he's growing up. He's at the beat poetry. Yeah, it's like an underground uh, radical coffee house. <laughs> They're doing some, uh, you know, some political mumbo jumbo. Yeah. Going about. His buddy's not that into it, but yeah. he's digging it. Kind of a Charles Manson kind of guy. Yeah, he's a little spooky. A little and witchy. Yeah, he's hanging out with Ralph Melf, but he gets out of there. <laughs> He'll find his own way home. Yeah. We'll have a happy day tomorrow. Yeah, where he just gives his brothers or sisters or whatever the shit on the TV freaks right out. Yeah, that you know, you see a little bit of... You don't know how this Tony's going to be. Well, this is young adolescent Tony. Yeah. You know, his mother obviously remarried, had three younger, like significantly younger siblings. Yeah. And uh, since he is the older sibling, he thinks that, you know, I, I should give them an English lesson. Because they say they're watching the TV. And he goes, <laughs> you know, you can watch the TV with it off and he goes and shuts it off you're not watching the tv what are you watching do you remember what else he says your brains have fallen out like your teeth yeah yeah what you leave get 25 cents from the brain fairy last night <laughs> and he cracks another thing about brains too yeah you're losing your brains your nose your ears <laughs> there you go really freaking out and then uh yeah that's that's enough he decides you know screw your guys i'm leaving home who does he pack the car with i guess he's now with the traveling show he's driving like the there's like trumpet players like it's like a clown car like 14 people get out of this yeah yeah, yeah it's hilarious actually and do you remember where they are kansas where am i always kansas kansas Kansas? Kansas? They can't believe it. No place like home. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah. So, uh, now that he's in Kansas, what the hell are you going to do now, Tony? Dishwash? So, yeah. He meets Becky out back of a diner. Asked for a lobster roll. Didn't have any. Gives him a job. Corn. Gives him a corn complex. Yeah. It is corny around in Kansas. Yeah. Her hair's like corn. Everything's corn. Yeah. He's freaking out here. Everything is corn. Yeah. And 
So he's very working. ubiquitous. He's working. Ubiquitous. He's trying. Ubiquitous. He's trying to uh, lay low. You know, you live the Kansas life. Yeah. Uh, takes a liking to Blondie. Mm-hmm. First time, and you know we didn't know the girl's name in X, so we called her Blondie. But she's actually credited as Blondie. So I don't feel bad calling her that. But this one's got a name. This is the first time you see that uh, smog strangler smile. No. Out of Tony. Yeah, it's wicked. Yeah. And when he's trying to pick her up, saying that he's not coming back, so this is the last night that they'll have together, Sam Cooke is playing. And this was the first time I actually took note to, like, not just score, but actual soundtrack. Yeah. Was uh, You Send Me by Sam Cooke. Which came out a year after Freeman's Little New York was open on Quimpool. Oh, tight. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the soft, the smooth voice of Sam Cooke took them out into the cornfield. And he was fucking Wendy under the moonlight. Yeah. Wendy? No, shit. Blondie. He's fucking Wendy under the stars the night that Elvis died. That's a deep cut from the odds or odds. Okay. You think any of the audience is going to get that one? Oh, wait, the odds? Nothing beautiful lasts? Yeah. I like it. those guys. Yeah. It all falls down. Valid. Valid. It, it, oh, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> make you mad. Yeah. Eat my brain. Yeah. You think that Blondie wanted him to stay? This was like, you know, stay with me? No, I'm sure she wanted to carry the child alone. Well, she didn't know. No. Like ten four. Yeah, these these uh, women are pretty fertile in these days, it seems. Yeah. And you know, when you have sex in a cornfield, I don't think you're worried about protection. Hey, now. <laughs> maybe yeah. or the sponge, maybe. It seems sponge worthy at least. Didn't seem like it. But no, Papa's a rolling stone. Down south, where's he headed? I don't know. Where all the leaves are brown. What's funny is uh, it cuts from them in the cornfield to a train leaving a tunnel. When usually there's like that shot. Oh, to imply. To imply that you you see a train going into a tunnel. Yeah. But this is after. So he's gone. Oh, he's through the he's tunnel out, now. He's out the he's other out the, side. He's on top of the train. Well, how else do you travel when you don't got any money or prospects, guy? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the only thing that he has is that harmonica. Yeah. Jeez. Does he suck at it? No, he's good at it. He's all right at it. Yeah. He uh, impresses one of the guys on the uh, train. That he's riding with. Enough that he didn't have to stop? I can't remember. Actually. Maybe he sucked at it and Buddy was showing him how to do it or something like that. Maybe. I don't think Tony was too musically inclined when it came to any instrument. No, that's true. But he did have some talent. Hmm. Because then he Once he finishes dishwashing? Yeah, he... He cleans a dish like no one's business. 
Yeah, but he's done with it now. Yeah. Any? How does he feel about it? I don't know. I'd like you to tell me. What was and, that? What, what was that line he said? I can't remember. Bullshit! Bullshit! You do. What did you say? I'm a dishwasher. I'm a dishwasher and. What's he say after that? Tell me. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. My hands are permanently puckered. <laughs> you think these hands have been spread palm olive over troubled water? We did that, guy. We did that. <laughs> no, we can't go back in time. We can't revisit that one every episode. We just did that. Um, Fine then. Let's hook up with a couple of hippies then. So he's leaving his job, but not before he puts his hands up and says, Not doing it, buddy. That's your department. Give it to me. That's your department. There was a couple comments from Iceman asking, He wants to see an impersonation from you. No, you intimidated me too much with yours. Um, and okay, so this is confirmation that Tony can hold a note because he's playing California Dreaming on the harmonica as he's walking, and California Dreaming's playing. And as he's playing, Frankie is up in the balcony looking like Juliet. Oh, deep think, Verona pull, yeah. and her and another bandmate. Pick this guy off the street because he can hold the tune and ask him to come in. Gets up there. Frankie uh, and the gang. I don't think they ever actually have a band name, do they? No. Which is strange because they get up there. We'll get to it later, but they're, you know, someone big's opening up for them later on. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's not get to that just yet. No. Um, yeah, so they're up there. Hanging around with the hippies band, yeah. and uh, then he says, "I gotta walk." Frankie says, "Why don't you take the bus?" Gives him some moolah. Yeah, and he gets hella motivated. Already, he gets yeah. started writing on the bus, yeah. and um, yeah, he's writing for them. Yeah, all of a sudden he's a he's a writer, ghostwriter. Yeah, I can relate. And you sure can. You smell me? Right, do. And you see the way he's enjoying when he's hearing his song? Oh, he loves it. <laughs> I've never he, seen he Tony looks so happy. different. Yeah, no, he looks different. It's a whole new Tony. Yeah. And he's singing along, and he's, yeah, he's finally found a bit of purpose. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was a thing throughout all the generations is real they're all really trying to find their purpose yeah so this is tony's moment where he's kind of finally finding his way into this show into show business yeah because this band doesn't need a harmonica player yeah everything is possible is it an actual song that they were singing because there is a lot of really well-known songs in this yeah, getting played by these bands as if yeah, it's no. theirs. But I, I don't. I this is one of the ones I did not recognize. Is the one that they're playing, 
that's supposed to be uh, Tony's first hit. Yeah, I'm not sure what that one is. Um, but there was some like duds thrown in there. Yeah. And as you'll find out later there when she's doing the song about the balloon. Yeah. Because, yeah, because it cuts to them getting some practice in. Mm-hmm. And you really see at this point, Frankie is you know, a force of nature. Yeah. And really driven. And she's like, no, I don't want this to be fine. Yeah. You know, we can't be fine. You can't get famous off of fine. You got to be great. Yeah. Or else we're here doing nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Don't you want somebody to love? And then it cuts to that little bit of... uh, I was going to say a little bit of Jefferson Rabbit, Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. <clears throat> Proprietors yeah. of White Rabbit. And oh my God, Tony has took a turn. Yeah, he goes full Tony. <laughs> and this is... But uh, his face. Start of the 60s. Yeah. Mid-60s. Later 60s. Late 60s. Late yeah, 60s. 69. Yeah. Summer of Love. Yeah. And... Someone even fair warns him. Comes up to Tony and says, "I'm pretty sure that this is spiked." Oh, and he goes, ah. <laughs> "Yeah," takes it as if he was running a marathon <laughs> and needed a drink, but took hot coffee oh instead. Oh my god! It was spiked, and this is, you know, when the rotoscoping took a whole new level because they started using different lenses they're using like fisheye lenses oh yeah which, which don't come across very pretty in the movie but like right. but it works it's like, different i eh? really like them <laughs> especially with the backgrounds and all this kind of stuff yeah and you see the band playing and you know i've been that guy at a show where like you know the people that are performing but you're just on your own journey, like you're just a consumer. Right. And you're indulging a bit too much, you know what I mean? I never fell off a stage, mind you. <laughs> but I, I can feel for the guy. Right. <laughs> Winds up in a fucking body cast. Is his face okay? They didn't say anything about Is... uh, reconstructive surgery or uh... <sighs> something. But this is a good one. That's a doozy. I wish I could remember it. You can do better than that. I'm pretty sure someone else was actually in a cast. And uh, I don't know. He's got the. <laughs> Give me that magazine up there. <laughs> Wasn't someone else putting a body cast at one point? Oh, I'm sure many. One of, one of the Mendel bombs or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what does Frankie. It's go bring time. As a little gift. The typewriter. Yeah. Love that detail where she opens it up. Up. Up, up, upside yeah. down. Yeah. Genius. I wonder if that was a one of those, uh, as Bob Ross would say, happy accidents. Or like it wasn't supposed to happen. Very well could be. But they just be. played it off. Yeah. He was actually Ralph Bakshi. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes he would have improvised dialogue. Or he would just go record wild sound in cities. 
of people talking mm-hmm. and just like work it into some of his films. I dig it. I appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. Quentin uh, Tarantino is actually, I think, um, said he was a fan of one of his movies. One of them. Yeah. Hopefully this one. Yeah. Not oh, this one. No? No. It's called something else. You'll have to look it up for yourself. Uh, poor Tony. That's not what he needed. He did not want a typewriter. But you can use it to write your songs. Because as soon as he gets out, he is hurting. <laughs> and he doesn't... You know, it's weird that... Step you know, off, Frankie. There's, there's a time lapse here, obviously. Because, you know, he did one hit of acid, ended up in the hospital. But People now he's... He's on the junk. He got on the junk. <laughs> you know, people usually don't fiend for acid like that. Oh my god, yeah, he's full junkie. Yeah, People Are Strange. Yeah. Another great hit. Weaseled its way in there. That conversation on the phone is pretty wacky, eh? Yeah. Where he's saying that uh, he got left behind, but they're doing great. And then he's like, you got any dope? You got any smack? Yeah. <laughs> and then he drops the phone, picks up the variety, and sees, yeah. oh yeah, Frankie Hart and Johnny. Johnny. Here's That's where John- I was hoping to see the band name actually yeah. in that newspaper bit. Yeah. But it said just her name. Yeah. And then that frame. <laughs> The first of many frames of Tony crying. Hmm. Yeah. And it's it's nothing but downhill for Tony from here on in. Yeah. He goes and visits the band. Like, uh, you ever see Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett stuff, The Wish You Were Here, where no. he comes to the studio and he's all messed up? No. Or he lo- looks way different. Hmm. I mean, he was all spaced out or whatever, but it just reminded me of how he shows up there. Yeah. Well, this is where, you know, the movie starts reminding me of a lot of stuff just that I've heard about uh, all these bands back in the day, you know what I mean? It kind of at points, this band reminded me of uh, Almost Famous. Oh, yeah. You know, how those guys are just, you know, because you hear all these stories of these bands and how, you know, there's always the one guy. There's always the one person that's just yeah going way too overboard with the drugs and everyone's just like, oh my fuck, we need him on a good day. Yeah, Frankie's getting trashed. Yeah. And singing songs about the balloon here. Yeah. But you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that balloon is filled with? Another type of H, not helium. <laughs> um, sorry. Oh, yeah. So then she's like... Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you hear about... You hear see documentaries and you hear stories about bands, but Almost Famous is one of those movies that, like, you actually get to see like an interpretation of some of those inner workings. Mm-hmm. So it did remind me of that film. 
Right. And I might have to go see that movie again. Yeah. If it's in theaters, I'm not sure. We'll see. Knock on wood. Uh, you gotta knock five more times, buddy, or else it doesn't work. That was too many. You might have to subtract a few. Great maths, maths, mathska, mathska. But yeah, so he shows up to see the band, and he's already saying that I'm sick. I need some drugs. Like, hey. If you can't handle the gear, man, stop taking it. <laughs> I wish that worked. If, like, uh, AA meeting or something like that, that's all you do. So you go there and someone says that, and you're like, you know what, that's for true. I should <laughs> I should just stop doing it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Just, if I can be moderate, yeah. then nothing at all. Yeah, nothing at all. Nothing at all. But then Frankie, yeah, he didn't expect Frankie to be this happy. But she was ecstatic to see him. Ho oh, ho. She kind of uh, actually gave him the same uh, excited hello that Elaine would give someone. She gave him a bit of a get out <laughs> onto the ground. Yeah. Nothing without you. Yeah. Where you been? Oh. At least I made you say one. Don't you know I'm nothing without you? <laughs> oh, Mickey Mouse was way better. You're right. <laughs> um, and then cut to them, you know, loving each other, loving the needle. You know, it's a, it's an ugly night for Frankie. Now, that this smile, is, though, this is how when he realized he got her back. Yeah, back to the smog strangler oh, smile. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And it's worse because, you know, when people are doing these drugs, their their physical starts deteriorating and stuff. So he's even worse looking mm -hmm. when he smiles, uh, but doesn't hold her back. Bow, 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 bow. So that, you know, consummate their vows over uh, a spoon. <laughs> and then... Who comes on stage? Who's if they cameos. if they ever had a kid, it would be the born cameos. with a silver spoon. The cameos of all cameos, like this, like today's age, are they're doing uh, Tupac holograms? Yeah, yeah. In the eighties, this was the the hologram of Pac. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they drew in Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, and he's opening for these fucks. <laughs> Who are just backstage stoned out of their gourds. Yeah, especially Tony. Oh my well, goodness. everyone but the kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the kid is just randomly there. I wish they kind of like at least attempted to say how the kid got backstage. I know. And then he just flashbacks to the, the corn girl. Yeah, sees it in his eyes. Yeah. Maybe his hairs. Yeah, where'd this kid come down? You track him down? Anyway, this kid's dad's a mystery as much as he is. <laughs> so you get his name, and this was uh, mind-blowing to us. His name's Little Petey. Yeah. But do you remember why his name's Petey? 
They call him Little Petey because they say, well, who's Big Petey? And he goes, my dad. So, you know, you know that Blondie gave him a totally different name, didn't want uh, the son to know anything about the real father. Succeeded. Gave him a little bit of a story. But, uh, you know, Tony knows right away. And Tony's just way too fucked up. And he realizes that he's in Kansas. Yeah. And actually walks out to that same cornfield, but it's all mowed down. And has himself another cry. To Summertime by Janis Joplin. Well, it's like a Gershwin tune or something, but they really a, kicked a, it into yeah. a new gear. There's a couple bands. Yeah, speaking of uh, yeah, Little Petey, got to give them the gears. <laughs> yeah. And that's what they did. They gave Frankie the gears. Yeah. A quick little uh, Sam Stone story for her, I'm sure, in uh, the green room. But, you know, that shot, another... Terrible shot of Tony as he slowly comes through the crowd. And it's like, ah, trying to get over the <laughs> her on the stretcher. And he's like tucking her arm in and making yeah. sure she's kept. Yeah. Which is always, they show that in a lot of films. Like someone trying to keep, preserve the dead body for that. Like a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Couple of seconds. Yeah. Keep a little bit of dignity. Yeah. Yeah, she goes from singing to the kid. Some Janice. Do you job. think Frankie died at twenty seven? May have. Yeah, they had Jimmy and Janice pretty damn close together. I guess most of the clubs there, eh? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't make sense if Kurt Cobain was there, am I right? Wrong era. True that. So what? The kids living with Tony now? Oh, Jim Morrison was in there too. People are strange. You're fucking right. You've discovered a pattern. Mm. Everybody in this thing was 27 across the board. Or younger. Or or wrong on that front. Unless you just discovered the key. The one thing that ties this whole family. Amy Winehouse wasn't even in the batch yet. A lot of people said this movie was totally not relevant. Because the stories were all cut mm. off. And who gives a fuck. Mm. But... You know, maybe you found a common thread to tie at least everything together. Yeah, well... To why this story should have been told to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Just with that one fucking comment. Yeah. Okay, say that again. You made me sound really good. You gotta say that again. (laughs) I'm a fucking tearjerker. Yeah. Good thing Tony didn't overhear that. You jerked me all right. Yeah, so he's oh, there, fuck. he's staring at the naked woman across the street. This kid walks in with some corn flakes, right? Sets him right off. He hates corn know. so bad. Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Right there. He spends his entire life running away from yeah. corn. This was the thread we just established. We tied the whole thing Kurt together. Co- we fist bumped because I got it. Kurt Cobain and Amy Winehouse weren't even living at Sacktown at this point. Too regional. <laughs> I did that for you, man. I know, but I have to appeal to a wider audience. <laughs> yeah. The sevens. 
And sevens. Yeah, everyone, everywhere has got a seven. Corn. Actually, that's a nice name. Yeah. <laughs> so is American Soda. I might name my daughter seven. No. Go with Soda. Soda's a great name. American Soda. What do you think people th- thought the first time they heard Blanche? Well, they probably thought it probably comes from the French blanc, which means white. So why is this kid living with Tony now? Wants to figure out how to write songs. What happened to his mom? Where's Blondie at? Uh, you'd, you'd never want to know. You think the Fox and the Hound came out in 81? It's all about... Bambi came out even earlier. Finding these father figures. Yeah. But he actually finds his father. Yeah, it is pretty coincidental, right? Let's let's fucking push that and. I don't remember the. We dock a point for that. Yeah, the cornflakes. Two big. That's a hit to the back of the head. That. Yeah, Yeah. points deducted. Yeah. Holding. Careful. So it's funny that, uh, you know, this is. I think the first plot hole or something that could have been utilized a bit better is um, the integration of corn. The effect of this scene and like the cause and effect of this scene where corn in effect, he's trying to say, you know, he's telling the kid to go back to Kansas where corn is and he's going, you know, yeah, you need money. Yeah, he's no freak Tony. on a leash. And he goes, I don't need money. And he has this crazy look on his face. <laughs> All I need is love. <laughs> and then the kid starts writing. You know, come to realize the Beatles already wrote that one. Dang. Missed but, up. But they could have pretended. That, you know, this is something that I thought would have followed through. And maybe this is the song that he wrote. And... Uh, performed at the end but yeah yeah there's no way that made him that inspired him to write night moves (laughs) (laughs) no this was like a pseudo how his grandpappy friggin did things going around with lou back at the beginning getting dragged around except this time it's just all to get drugs yeah he's getting yeah, he's good. <laughs> oh my god, it's terrible! It's terrible, isn't it? Watching this kid, I don't care if he's two D. No, you know he's what? Getting the fix, watching <laughs> him get his ass kicked. He's getting his ass slapped by women of the night. Yeah, and this is a great time to bring up the animation of the faces for a second, because I was thinking about it, and sometimes the way that the animation is done it takes away from the emotion Mm. and stuff that would be overdone in a cartoon to really express it and in this one you're seeing them go around doing their schemes whatever all these stops but there's this point where he's kind of like jamming but he's just like oh (laughs) yeah doing weird stuff with this tony's got this jaw thing going on they did a great job of adding all that. The art style makes that part super weird yeah. and unusual for him. Because he was doing that earlier in the apartment, actually. Mm. And yeah, his jaw was going. He had the, the shakes and the scratches. and 
you know, you feel for this kid and he's like walking over homeless people on the street. Uh, but, you know, he picks up some gain. He sees, it looked like uh, Tony was trying to score off of two pimps. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, this kid, little Petey's the cool kid. Got somewhere to be? <laughs> no. All of a sudden, little Petey's the cool kid. Fucking got some strut going on. Borrowed your glasses for the rest of this, the remainder of the film. Yeah, been foreshadowing this scene all freaking night. And finally, the payoff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then they're going around. It's like um, bubbles and the guy from Kids. Telly. And, uh, yeah, the kid's protecting him now while he's sleeping from fucking yeah. goons coming up. Gonna give him a good kick and a yeah. good steal his eight bucks. Yeah. This is when, uh... Takes his fucking busk money. Go back to Kansas City. Or, not Kansas City, that's Missouri. Go back to Kansas. Too flat. Toto. Yeah, too flat. <laughs> well, this isn't the Himalayas. Yeah, yeah. But Everest. <laughs> Yeah, and there's there's something implied with that too, because the way that he brings up Everest, it's like I gotta he he wants to reach the top. Yeah, of something. It is a big mountain, right? Yeah, it's an achievement. He's got a little bit of fire in his eyes. You can't see them because of the glasses. Fuck no. But he's sitting on this bench, and uh, poor Tony is, you know, give me poor your, Tony. This friggin' yeah. kid. Well, that's what I was getting to. But, uh, give me a guitar. What no. Are you, are you gonna play it? No, I'm gonna pawn it. I'm gonna pawn it, then I'll re-pawn it back. No. Yeah. He'll what, you this... don't trust me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. No, <laughs> I don't. Then why stay with me? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know why. <laughs> well, here's a harmonica kid. Was Benny's. Yeah. Why are you giving me that? Give me the guitar. No, you know why. He says <laughs> it back to him. You know why. Passes back the lip. You know why. And then takes the guitar. <laughs> and then the messenger comes. Oh my god. Yeah, he just disappears. Some dude comes and gives him what? A little bit of drugs? A package package yeah but it's funny because you know he's like don't sell it all in one place yeah it's the exact opposite of what you hear but this is a kid you got to give him a couple guidelines you know cut it into yeah it's just a block didn't even give him a scale yeah that kid's getting gypped yeah so what does he do holds on to it for 10 years stays on the bench waits like 10 20 years i'm not sure how much time passed but now that he's a man and he can figure Until out. Until hell freezes over. <laughs> yeah, hell's a place for children, right? Yeah, oh my God. Pat Benatar in yeah. this? Great. Yeah. And we're, uh, you yeah. know. Oh, but before he wakes up. Or in the 80s was now. When he says, was there anything else? Yeah. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> and he said, like, uh, fuck. He does give him something. Like he a said, piece of paper or something. He says, Bye. Say goodbye. 
Yeah. And it's like really quick close up to the hand. Yeah. Yeah. Really catch the wave of it. Yeah. That curve. Yeah. So then time lapse. Yeah. Hell is for children. And he's slanging hard. That same, or not that same Coke, but it makes more sense that it was Oh, Coke. it's the same stuff. Yeah. It's the same shit. Then he's older now. You don't get high on your home supply. and It was cold. He froze. Mm-hmm. And where, like, Tony, mm. he was, like, giving the shit of people when he was younger. Yeah. Oh, he didn't end up that old there in that whole scenario. But... This dude growing up to really dig into, like all the heritage. Yeah, it was. He's finding you know, inspiration everywhere. Yeah, nature over nurture. Yeah. He was meant to be a star. Mm-hmm. Everything about his background all led up to this blonde, drug dealing, eighties bastard. But he's a pretty cool guy, I must say. Yeah. Walking around, he's jamming, he's jamming, he's just throwing the bags around, he's getting the money, throwing the bags, bags, money, bags, 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 money, money. He does that wicked hand behind his butt move. Yeah. Classic. It was cool. I've used that before. Fuck yeah. But, uh, yeah, jamming, jamming, jamming. And this is when, you know, I really picked up on, you know, his whole background is leading up to this because he's going, and then he sees this rabbi just minding his own business, saying a prayer. And what does he do? Props guy? Snaps to him. What's he do? Something like that. There you go. And then what's he do? (laughs) Yeah. And then he just goes back to it. Yeah. Gets his groceries. Goes about his day. It's a show about nothing yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Goes and meets up with George at the coffee shop. <laughs> you think he's got a George? He does, of Seems course. Seems like a bit of a lone wolf. Yeah, you're fucking right. <laughs> but uh, works himself up to be, you know, how all these uh, family members. I heard the way to not be a loser is if you have all this time to spend alone. To not spend it wanting, but working on yourself. And he does this by working on the beginnings of night moves. Plucking away a little. And all these, minus uh, Jack Off. (laughs) Minus the Jack Off at the start of the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, All these family members have lived outside of show business. And this was his kind of foot in the door of show business was selling these drugs because he shows up at the studio and everyone's like oh my god so glad you showed up giving away songs 
And this with every ounce. <laughs> These are my songs. Who wrote them? <laughs> Me. <laughs> what do I look like? A fountain of filth? <laughs> what do I look like? A fuck fountain? <laughs> and he says, yeah. <clears throat> Either listen to my songs or call another snowplow. Yeah, freaking idiot. You idiot. So, Buddy pipes up, says, I'll listen to one of them. And you think he should have went with Night Moves? You think Night Moves is the best thing he had in the altern- the alt- artillery? Brother, that he- isn't even Bob Seger's best song. No. And I saw Bob Seger live. Oh. That'd be fucking joyous. I'm actually super bummed I didn't see him. You're a real bastard. Nonetheless, that's the song you played. Yeah. I thought it would be something that kind of would... I mean, it's a good song. But it would be more fitting with... Like, it would have been nice to be a song that he could have written at that that dining room table when his crazy old man ran out. But... He does switch it's it It's a up. crazy choice of song to be your breakthrough tune. I mean, look at the first, the debut songs of big bands. Not to say a Bob Seger is like a Led Zeppelin, but the first song on the first Zeppelin album, Good Times, Bad Times, right? Hmm. Banger out the gate. I don't think this is even Bob Seger's first song. Not his first, I wouldn't say. It's probably like his 18th hit. Against the Wind been out 35 years before this thing came out. Like Radar Love and uh, Twilight Zone. 10 years apart. Golden Earring. What were they doing that 10 years? I I mean, I think it's a complete success story. And did you notice uh, the song that was playing when he... Because... It started after uh, Hell for, is for Children. Pretty vacant. It started showing the... Uh, it started showing like the kind of punky side mm-hmm. of the 80s. These guys always lived on the outside of the norm in general with prohibition. Addiction. Addiction. You know, they were always... Viceful. Viceful. I don't know if that's the right word for this, but... Vice-ridden. And... And just not, you know... The alternative American dream, almost. They weren't white-collar people by any means. They were trying to Frankenstein together a guy eventually that had all the skills combined. Yeah. Some of them could write songs. Some of them could play songs. Yeah. None of them could. And in the eighties, this this equaled out to be, you know, the Mohawks and the the safety pins through the noses and people doing front flips on the dance floor and mosh pitting. What people call is fun. Right. 
Despicable. But uh, I was trying to find out what song was playing during this scene. Yeah. Uh, and I, so I shazammed it. And the song is called uh, No Results by the Try Agains. <laughs> So I'm definitely going to have to look that one up again. <laughs> yeah. Pretty vacant, that lot. What? Sex Pistols. S-E-X Pistols. Whatever. Okay. So the birds and the bees and the blue suede shoes mm-hmm. jumps into a medley here. Yeah, so... heart songs. He, uh... Kind of talks like a, a mix of Tony and Mitch Hedberg, a bit. This big Petey, don't you think? Or is he medium Petey now? Yeah. Think they still call him Little Petey? He's got a super cool cadence. And then the movie just kind of ends. It ends with a powerful medley of ballads and. Rock songs and... It's almost like Marty wrote it. Can't tell what you're doing right now with those glasses. Are your eyes wide and surprised looking? Well, I just feel like the reflections of everything that's come before it gets to culminate in this one moment. And it brings you... Into a new era? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Where I'm a free bird and I only eat cage-free, baby. So if this movie continued through the decades, where do you think it would have went? Into the 90s? Oh, you know. We'd... What would... Uh... There, was, there was other adversity and hardship out there. What would little Petey's little Petey look like? Oh, he was probably six and a half. Do you think he went grunge? Or do you think he went hip-hop? Depending yeah. on when... How cool when little screw was happened, down that street. It, like, I didn't calculate the years all that hard, but if they hit glam metal, no good. Yeah, but glam metal would have been done by the time Lil Petey's Lil Petey came through. I mean, I pray. We'll call him Three Pete for short. <laughs> when Three Pete comes through, he would have at least been in the 90s. So I'm thinking uh, Adidas track suits and Kangol. Because you can't lie, in the 90s, hip hop became the new rock and roll. I mean, if if you got to say it, you got to give full praise to Aerosmith. What do you say? I know that, uh, you know, the day the music died might have been when uh, Richie Valens and Big Bopper went down. <laughs> but when Kurt Cobain came out. <laughs> you going to yeah. Don McLean me or whatever? Another thing why uh, I think rock and roll took a turn. And became like depressive Kurt Cobain kind of music. It's because 
all the free love of the 60s and 70s ended up in divorces for all the 90s kids. Yeah. <laughs> so we are the reason a bipartisan off. government exists. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, hip hop really took over for that sex, drugs, and rap and roll lifestyle. Is that a threat? Oh, yeah. It was a promise. It was a promise, man. Yeah. Well, you know what? We had the Baroque era back in the 1600s to about 1750. Yeah. Right? Then we had the Classical era from 1750 to 1820. What do you say? Like it. Romantic era, 815 to 1910. Mm-hmm. Then we had the modern era, nineteen hundred to present. Yeah, good times. But what's the math say? Statistically speaking. Yeah, what are you getting at? I mean, tell me the difference. Like when you're sitting around listening to your tunes from the romance era, romantic era, right? And this is not getting jiggy with it, romantic songs. This is romantic era songs. Yeah. This is, yeah, right. na, 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 na. Yeah, none of that. None of it. You're right. You got to yeah. take it straight back to the corn. Yeah. Only corn around. But we'd be entering a new era. Yeah. We're going to be ahead. Like it's... I feel like you've been trying to get me to say that word. But you just said it like 20 times. <laughs> so anyway. Start of a new era. Yeah. You're right. Well, I agree. Think about how everything is. Yeah. Music. We've talked about this, that the era started, new era started in 93. Yeah, but music changes are driven by cultural, social, and um, like technological changes yeah. and stuff. We're in the technology era now. You you can see it now, right? Yeah. How you can expect a change. Yeah. And I want to be the first to say it. And I want a patent or a trademark yeah. or a royalty. Or yeah. I want to be signing little checks. I said this at the roast, my man. Yeah. Well, that's in the last yeah. episodes. Everyone was so, too drunk to uh, actually... Listen to the meaning behind the whole, what would yeah. you call it, a hoedan or hootenanny? A rag. Nice. Nice. <laughs> 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 multi- sclerosis. The fuck part. pointed too hard, man. So what do you think? That was a little heavy for an animated film. Yeah. But as far as criticisms go, I can see how people might have been weirded out by the change in protagonist every 15 minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, The pacing actually is what... It was kind of the driving force of paying attention to what's going on because it was just like a it it didn't really stop it had a momentum you know chugga chugga. tony basically slammed the brakes on yeah 
and it took a little bit more time to go through his story. Yeah. But by that time, you're invested. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't yeah. have to go off the war. You're almost so he got to go and meander out. You're to, almost but fuck craving USA. a character to support. Yeah. And feel for. Yeah. You get to this Tony character. And you realize he can't support nobody from no corn town. Yeah. And it's just a downward spiral of someone that just got caught in the mix. And there's so many people that got lost in the sauce in this decade. Mm-hmm. At this era. The start of this era. The whole era. And, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, being the rise and fall of the era, you know, around that time, 69, everything started getting lost. You got to think of all the crazy shit that happened in 1969. Like Woodstock happened. You're fucking shitting me. But at the same time, people are getting assassinated. Hell's Angels were like stabbing people at... And People were getting assassinated conflict. back in 63, 68. You spin a dial and a choose the date. And the drugs were at an all-time high. And what started out as actual like protest and you know this free-spirited, free love had a meaning. Everyone just wanted to live that lifestyle. Everyone stopped caring about the actual fight and they just wanted to, you know, do the drugs and have the sex and... Well, when there's a war that you don't much believe in... Instead and... of taking on a responsibility, you just don't want any responsibility. Just let it go. Yeah. yeah. So... I actually saw this shit happen with, like, uh, when I used to go to, like, raves and stuff. There was like a whole wave of people that. <laughs> Get us out of here. <laughs> you got five minutes to spare. All right. So. Then what do you want to do? You want to hit me with a couple of check marks here? So, what do we say? Some historical significance, some historical context checked here? What? <laughs> Hit me with it. Like, did we cover this? Oh, I think we... The political, the social climate at the time of the eras depicted in the films. Oh, yeah, we poked this film at all angles. Yeah. Little knuckle at the end. I got you. Uh, we talked no, about the music. Yeah, you know, I think this is a diamond in the rough. And That's where you like them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I think this movie actually, especially for coming out in 81, like these guys didn't even know what the 80s were going to be like. But just in that little, you know, it's really just the final scene, final two scenes or something that paint a little picture of the 80s. But if you look at the 80s as a whole, Mm -hmm. you know, it does speak to that whole decade. 
which I found very interesting. It's and, the future, baby. Yeah, you know, I think we did a pretty good job of going through the eras as, you know, as efficiently and as quickly as uh, Rasputin wanted to do with this film. Blitzkrieg. What's his name? Bakshi. Ralphie. Yeah. Ralphie boy. Yeah. So good historical context. Yeah. Uh, music. Check. We, we analyze how it all culminated, styles and genres. 27 Club. I think that was the biggest breakthrough of the whole thing. Corn. Not to honk my own corn. Animation techniques. Not to shuck my own corn. Yeah. You can do that and thoroughly explore every kernel. Each rotoscoped kernel. Yeah. I see it. I'm picturing it. The characters. Good characters. Tony, Pete, Frankie. Zalmi. Zalmi. Jack off. I mean, whatever you need to do while you watch us. Blondie, Bella. Yeah. Uh, missing anyone up? Louie. None of this could have happened without Lou. No. No. Lou, Lou was the gateway into show business. Yeah. Yeah, major motion picture. Frankie. With themes like Johnny. The Pursuit of the American Dream. Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> the impact of war and violence on society. Think about it. Johnny right now on his Wikipedia has spouse Frankie. Deceased. We talked about impact. We talked about legacy. Deep impact. Contemporaries. Mm. We explored from the director's perspective the sweet, sweet corners you can cut. The extra contrast you can emulse your film into. And pretend you drew over it. We can. There's many, many topics. <laughs> in, in American. And everything we so, said, we can't erase. We can edit, <laughs> but we can't erase. Well, I mean, that's history, baby. <laughs> and really, if you want to be offended, watch, I guess, any of his other movies, because this is probably his yeah. least. I mean, I don't want to say the other ones anything about them, really, but I'm going to cut this part down. But it's probably one of his more mainstream ones. Or go see Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And if you're offended or Wizards. easily, if you're offended easily, Probably past your bedtime, bastards. Yeah. What's happening now? Shit, I forgot the name of this thing. Bastards. You said shit. I don't know.